Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with this message entitled, Saving Faith. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Well, let's turn to uh, Romans 1 and to verses 16 and 17. There are nine things I'm supposed to speak, but I may not speak all those things, so we just speak one, one thing. Ugar epais kunamai tu evangelion dunamis gar theuestine soterian panti topistionti eudaio te proton kai heleni. Dikaiosune garte you en auto apocalypte tai, ek pisteo eis pistin. Kathos ge graptai, hode dikaios ek pisteos se setai. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, that is, continually believes. Faith remain even in heaven. Faith, hope, and love remain. So we are people of faith, not just when we trusted in Christ at our point of conversion, but we live by faith. First to the Jew and to the Greek, for a righteousness of God in it is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just by faith shall live, which is a quotation from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, that this righteousness of God and this life by faith is not anything new, but it was the way, as I said last Sunday, all people of the Old Testament lived. So we are interested today in the subject of faith. Fide, sola fide, by faith alone. I am not ashamed of the gospel because of many things. One, that salvation is by faith. In other words, the right standing, the righteousness of God, the right standing from God, that is, this gift of righteousness, is to be received by faith only. Faith from first to last, faith from beginning to end. This gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. 
a Christian lives by faith all his life. The faith that receives the gift of righteousness, that is the gift of right standing with God, is not a temporal faith of soil number two and three of the parable of the sower. Such rootless and fruitless believers fall away and not persevere. And I have seen it happening all the time. Their faith is the faith of Saul, King Saul. It is the faith of Judas. It is the faith of Demas. Such people who exercise mere temporal faith, they want to get something temporal from Jesus. Health, wealth, power, faith and so on. But what God demands is saving faith. A faith that issues in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not the devil's faith. It is not faith without obedient life. And I must say that not only certain seminaries and certain people called dispensationalists subscribe to this idea that faith is just mental assent. It doesn't have to issue in obedient life. I have noticed that reformer, reformed people and reformed seminaries subscribe to the same idea that faith is merely mental assent to Christian facts, but not faith that issues in obedience to Jesus Christ. It is not faith without obedient life. Such faith is dead faith. The devil's faith, dead faith, temporal faith says yes to justification and says no to sanctification. Such people are eager to come forward, eager to be justified and walk away living in utter sinfulness. But we read that Paul received grace and apostleship to call the Gentiles to obedience of faith. Romans 1 verse 5 and 16:26. Two times he speaks about his apostolic mission is to call the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. Today, very rarely ministers speak of authentic faith. Most churches preach a human faith of mental assent to certain facts about Jesus Christ. 
It is not the biblical faith. It is a rootless and therefore fruitless profession of Christianity. It is not the saving faith, the persevering faith that we studied in the book of Hebrews. Faith has trust in Christ. Fides est fiducia. A faith that issues in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. An obedience that is absolutely delightful. And the one scholar who writes about this faith is Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and you can read his treatment on faith in the first volume of his, his commentary. Faith that is required is not ordinary faith that is exercised by everyone every day when he flies on an airplane, airplane or invests money. <laughs> you know, investing money is, uh, is pretty troublesome. So we exercise faith, ordinary faith, as Lloyd-Jones says, based on mathematical probability. We fly, we take train, we drive, we even get married, that's big faith. <laughs> and we go to a restaurant and eat and come home and get sick. <laughs> so that is not supernatural faith, that is ordinary faith. But faith that receives the righteousness from God is supernatural, is the gift from God. It is nothing less than a divine faith. So let's turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And let's read from verse 4. And this is speaking about spiritual resurrection, application of redemption by the Holy Spirit when the Spirit of God raises you spiritually from the dead, your eyes are opened and your ears are opened, you love God and you are interested in the gospel you, and you believe in God and so on. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, notice, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions. Now tell me, if you are dead in transgressions, how much work did you do uh, to be saved? Nothing. It is all God's initiation. It is God mighty power, resurrection power applied for raising you spiritually from the dead. And now it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace which we cannot understand now. That is why in the coming ages, you see, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the supernatural faith. It is not faith based on mathematical probability. And so we read in the book of Acts chapter 16, on the riverside, St. Paul was preaching in Philippi. And as he was preaching, the Holy Spirit did something wonderful. And here we read in verse 14. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. And notice, the Lord opened her heart to respond to the gospel. God raised her from the dead. God regenerated her. And God gave her faith and repentance. Faith and repentance, both are supernatural. That is, authentic repentance and saving faith, both are supernatural, that God gives it to us as a result of regeneration. Or read chapter uh, 16 of Acts, verse 31. Here, the Philippian jailer is asking, what must I do to be saved? And the answer is what? Believe in the Lord Jesus. And you connect that with verse 14. And then you learn that that requirement that he must believe was granted to him. What God demands, he also grants to you. He demands righteousness, but he grants to you righteousness as a gift from God. Salvation is by grace from beginning to end. And therefore, no one is able to boast in his presence. Or turn to Philippians chapter 1. And if you have Greek text, it will be you will understand more clearly. But even with English text, for it has been granted to you, notice, it has been given to you as gifts. On behalf of Christ, granted to you what? Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. In other words, even... Now, what do you want? You want the gift of faith, but you say, well, I don't want the gift of what? Suffering. But it is also coming to us, whether you like it or not, because suffering has certain profit for us. It produces patience, character, and hope. Tribulations produce patience. And so God gives us troubles, whether we ask for it or not. This faith comes by hearing the gospel preached. That's why when you come to church, you should be all ears. You should be sitting at the edge of the seat. You are eager. And I notice Asian believers, I watch these Asian believers, they are all years, they, are all, they have a priority in understanding, in knowledge, they are all, they are listening very carefully. 
Uh, in India, for instance, teachers are honored, highly honored by parents and everybody. And you go to Singapore, the same thing. They are highly paid. And also they are highly honored because they treasure knowledge. So faith comes by hearing the gospel preached. Therefore, we ought to come to church after prayer and asking God, oh God, help me to hear, help me to understand, help me to believe, help me to call upon the name of the Lord, that I may be saved, that I may be healed, that I may be blessed, that I may be guided, because you are in the midst of us. So then, faith is not leap in the dark, Faith is based on notitia, that is information. So information comes through the preaching of the gospel. Content, and that is used in the Bible, those who come to God must believe what? That, you see, believe that, that's information. Faith also is trust, but it has this aspect of thatness, objective facts. And you read, and we read chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 15, what I have received, I give it to you. And what is that? The gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and he appeared and so on. That's information. It is basic. We have to have it. And if you are not reading the Bible and if you are not listening to the preached word, how can you have faith? So first is information. And then God demands that when God gives you information, it's not lie. God is truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He predicted his own arrest and trial and crucifixion and death and burial and resurrection. And all happened. And it proves that he is truth. And everything he says is truth. So we don't speak about sociology, psychology, and none of this. Why? Because faith comes by hearing the preached word of God. And the Holy Ghost energizes the preacher, and the same Holy Ghost is working in you, so that he gives you the ability to hear, and the Holy Spirit grants you this supernatural kind of faith, and your heart leaps for joy, and you trust in that promise offered to us in the gospel. And so there is information, and then you must agree with that information. It's something like you see a girl and that's information. Isn't that true? And you are date and all that and then you really say this girl is, has a lot of qualities. But that is not enough. There is a third stage in faith which is what? Commitment. Marriage. If somebody is not marrying you, <laughs> 
Now, don't get mad, but that person doesn't have faith in its third degree, which is called for. And we cannot force him to do it, or her. And so, faith in that third degree is trust in Jesus Christ, in his person and his work, now and forevermore. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And then he says, who loved me and gave himself for me. That personal appropriation. You can say the Lord is, you can say the Lord is shepherd, the Lord is savior, the Lord is Lord, the Lord is God, the Lord, the Lord rose from the dead. It's not good enough. You say the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my savior, the Lord is my Lord. That is where the full heart commitment to Jesus Christ now and forevermore. As you hear the gospel, God opens your heart. You see, the Holy Spirit works. Sir. Holy Spirit is here. And he is working. Invisible Holy Spirit is working. The Lord opens your heart. He gives you faith. He gives you repentance. He gives you supernatural faith to respond to the gospel in faith and repentance that you may be saved. Now this faith is non-meritorious. Don't glory in your faith. Don't boast in your faith. It is non-meritorious before God. It is the instrumental cause only not the efficient cause of our salvation. The supernatural faith is the beggar's hand lifted up to receive the bread. And don't boast. Beggar, don't boast. Saying, I lifted up my hands. I went forward. I did this. No, sir. Yes, you lifted up your hand, but that ability to lift up that saving faith was given to you as gifts. So we do not boast in our faith. We boast in Jesus Christ. We glory in grace, which is the efficient cause of our salvation. The object of our faith is not our faith. It is not faith in faith, as Professor Murray says. The object of our faith is Jesus Christ. Who died, buried, raised up, ascended, seated, reigning sovereign Lord of the universe. Faith means... We deny ourselves. We refuse to trust in ourselves, in our righteousness. Living by faith means 
trusting entirely in another, in Jesus Christ. And turn to Philippians chapter 3. And let me read from verse 4. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day and as for legalistic righteousness, perfect. He gives himself an A plus grade. But then he was apprehended by the risen Lord. So he says, verse 7, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. And I consider them rubbish, all things rubbish, especially his Pharisaic righteousness, rubbish, dung that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God and is received by faith everyone who believes in this manner everyone who believes in the gospel will be saved. Who said? God said it. God said it, sir. Come as you are. Come in faith, which God gives you. Come as sinners, and he will save you. Everyone who believes in the gospel will be saved, will be justified, will be forgiven. An unbelieving person is a self-trusting person who treats God triune with contempt, who despises him. He is an enemy of God. He is not only a sinner, he is not only ungodly, but he is an enemy of God. The mind of the flesh, extra eisteon, enmity against God, sir. You see, they are nice and all that, but you say something about Jesus Christ and all of a sudden you see the serpent raising its head to strike at you. An unbelieving person is a self-trusting person. Like the Pharisee, he is condemned and goes home condemned. He prays to himself. He will not pray to God triune. And I listened to Michael Medved, and he's a radio man, and, and uh, Rabbi Lappin, and all these are conservative uh, Jewish people. But you tell them that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Jesus Christ is the Messiah, Jesus Christ is the Savior, they should repent and trust it. All of a sudden, they don't like you. They refuse to believe that truth. So this Pharisee, he has no need of a savior. A Pharisee has no need of a savior. He depends on his own homemade self-salvation. Faith comes by hearing. We must proclaim the gospel to every creature, therefore. 
There is no other way for people to have faith and, and be saved. God opens sinners' heart to repent and believe to be saved. So remember, Peter was sent to Cornelius to preach the gospel. And Cornelius and his household heard the gospel. They were all ready. They heard the gospel. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were saved. Baptized. And filled with the Holy Ghost. So friends, not angels preach the gospel. Angel says, go and call Peter. This great responsibility is given to us not angels preach the gospel every believer is responsible to share the gospel we are all debtors to the world we owe the world the word if faith comes by hearing there cannot be salvation without our first sharing the gospel First is witnessing, and they hear, they believe, and they pray, and they are saved. Romans 10. And we are told that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. As it is written, Paul says, the just by faith shall live. One becomes righteous by faith. And this idea is in that sentence. The just by faith shall live. But that sentence also tells us the righteous by faith shall live. This is what the book of Hebrews is speaking about. So we become just by faith and we live by faith. A Jew is saved by faith, so also a Gentile. Faith is the great leveler. Come as sinners, come like the publican. Now I was speaking before I came, you examine the prayer of the Pharisee. It's a pretty big prayer. And then you pray, uh, look at the prayer of the publican. It's very small. I counsel people, they go round and round and round and round. I, I say, why don't you shut up and tell me briefly. I'm a sinner, have mercy upon me. And you go home what? Justified. I mean, it's easy, isn't it? Here it is. Come as sinners. Come like the publican and say, have mercy upon me, a sinner. That's all. It's a pretty short prayer. Jesus saves sinners and only sinners who trust in him. So we sing, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. And listen to Spurgeon. He says about faith in this manner. Faith is the eye 
which looks to Christ. Faith, faith is the hand that grasps Christ. Faith is the mouth that feeds upon Christ. As I said, uh, when I get up early in the morning and, and uh, my wife and I open the Bible, I can sit there for hours. It is real looking to Christ, grasping Christ, and mouth feeding upon Christ. And the result is you are strengthened. Are you saved from God's wrath? You cannot save yourselves. Thank God for the gospel that reveals a righteousness from God that meets our need. And it comes to everyone who believes. No discrimination. Lift up your hands of faith. God enables you now to lift it up. Receive righteousness of God. The right standing before God. The gift of righteousness. Go home in peace and joy. Go home as the publican went home, justified forever. Walking and leaping and praising God. Be unashamed, therefore, of the gospel, Paul says. What are the reasons? One, I am unashamed of the gospel because the gospel saved me, sir, me as sinner. I am unashamed because it is the gospel, it's good news, sir. I am unashamed because it speaks of salvation from God's wrath. I am unashamed because it is God's salvation. He doesn't make salvation possible. He saves you, sir. When he draws, you come and you are saved. It is God's action. It is the power of God. The gospel saves everyone. In it, righteousness of God is revealed from heaven. It is, it contains righteousness of God. And finally, it is received not by your merit. Isn't that wonderful? It doesn't matter who you are. Come as sinners. Received by faith. Heavenly Father, we Thank you for this great salvation, the right standing revealed in the gospel to be received by faith. God is not interested in righteous people, self-righteous people. God is interested in sinners. Come as sinners. Don't conceal your sin. Confess your sin. It is God's business to conceal it, to cover it by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. What you demand, you also grant us. True repentance and saving faith, you grant us. It is supernatural faith. And we praise you and thank you for granting us faith. You enabled us to lift up the beggar's hands to receive 
the bread of life and we ate it and we are saved and we praise you and thank you for this great salvation amen you have been listening to grace and glory audio of the sermon entitled saving faith come back soon for more transforming bible teaching from pastor pg matthew